Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. More information about First Baptist Church can be found at www.fbcalamo.com. All right, if you have your Bible, take it and go to Isaiah chapter 12. That is where we are gathering this morning. We will be looking and, and as we prepare our hearts and our minds for Thanksgiving this morning. Isaiah chapter 12, it's only six verses long, so we're going to look at all six of them this morning. Now, this is... If we're honest, this is a bit of an odd time of year, right? Uh, weird week. So on Thursday, you will gather, uh, we, we will gather, hopefully uh, you'll gather with some family, even if it's just two or three of you together, and we'll thank God for the blessings that he's given us, and then our thankfulness might change depending on how the boys in Dallas play that afternoon. Is that just me? Okay. All right. Sorry. That's just me. Um, and then Friday or, or Thursday night, depending on where you are, there will no doubt be brawls that break out as people who have just gathered to thank God for the blessings they have beat each other to a bloody pulp trying to get more stuff. This is an odd time of year. And so uh, we want to make sure that as people who claim to be followers of Christ, our hearts are tuned in to Almighty God and to the blessings that he's given us every single day, whether or not you get the 85-inch TV for $25 at Walmart, okay? Whether, whether or not that happens, I want you, we should be people who are grateful for every, every blessing that we've been given. Uh, and so I'd invite you to turn to Isaiah chapter 12 and read along with me the word, the um, It'll be on the screen in the Christian Standard Version, which is what I'm using. So I invite you to stand and let's read aloud together the word of the Lord this morning. Isaiah chapter 12, verses 1 through 6. This is what the word of the Lord says. On that day you will say, I will give thanks to you, Lord. Although you are angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Indeed, God is my salvation. I will trust him and not be afraid. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. You will joyfully draw water from the springs of salvation. And on that day you will say, Give thanks to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make his works known among the peoples. Declare that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry out and sing, citizen of Zion, for the Holy One of Israel is among you in his greatness. Let's pray and thank God for the blessing of his word. Father, in this season of Thanksgiving, I pray especially this week that we would stop and we would take stock of the blessings that you've given us. And in this moment, I thank you for the blessing of your word, that we don't have to wonder what you've said. We don't have to wonder what you're like. You have revealed that to us through your word and through the finished work of Christ Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrection. And so this morning, as we look at Isaiah chapter 12, will you open our eyes to some ways that we can live in thankfulness, not just this week, certainly not just on Thursday, but day in. And day out, every single day of our lives, may we never cease to give thanks to you for the blessings you've given us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can have a seat. Um, now, now, really quickly, 
We come here to Isaiah chapter 12, which is a song of praise. And this is really interesting if you consider the rest of the context of Isaiah, particularly up to this point. Because Isaiah chapters 1 through 11 are really not happy chapters for the most part. Okay, So, so for instance, I put some, some verses together. So consider with me the way this uh, letter or this, this prophecy starts out. Uh, Isaiah chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. This is what it says. It says, Listen, heavens, and pay attention, earth, for the Lord has spoken. Now, right there, it, it seems like that's a good thing, right? The Lord has spoken. We, we generally like it when the Lord speaks to us, except this is what he told uh, the people through Isaiah. I have raised children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner and the donkey its master's feeding trough, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Uh, now, he just called his own people dumber than a donkey and an ox. And this is how Isaiah's message starts. Listen to what, hey guys, God has spoken to me and says you're all dumber than a bag of hammers. Because you have refuted. Now, you can imagine how this goes on. If you're familiar at all with Isaiah's prophecy, um, he, Isaiah is not treated just real well by the people, right? Now, many of us are familiar with Isaiah's vision that he receives in chapter 6, where he comes into the temple. He says, I saw the Lord high and exalted in the temple, and, and he was surrounded by angels who had six wings. With six they covered, or with two they covered their eyes, or faces with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew, and they cried out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the whole earth is filled with his glory. And then he's cleansed of his sins as one of the angels brings a, a hot coal off the altars and, and, and touches his lips with it. And then uh, they cry out, God cries out, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah, after seeing this amazing picture of who God is, cries out and said, here I am, send me. And that's usually where we stop. Because that's the good news, right? I mean, that's a rallying cry. Hey, uh, see this great picture of God and he says who's going to go for me and Isaiah says here I am and that's usually we, we, we use that a lot when, when we're calling people to a certain task but we don't tell them we don't usually go what God says to Isaiah next and so I want to show you what God t says to Isaiah right after Isaiah says here pick me pick me I'm ready to go send me wherever and God says all right awesome I'm so glad you volunteered Isaiah 6 chapter 9 or chapter 6 verse 9 he says and he replied Go, say to these people, keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. Make the minds of these people dull, deafen their ears and blind their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their minds, turn back and be healed. Now, in case you missed it, understand what God just told Isaiah. Because Isaiah is like jumping out of his boots. Send me, Lord, send me. And, and God says, basically, awesome, I'm going to send you. And nobody's going to listen to you. And so then in, in verse 11, then I said, until when, Lord? Okay, so they're not going to listen to me for a while, right? Until when? And he replied, until cities lie in ruins without inhabitants, houses are without people, the land is ruined and desolate, and the Lord drives the people far away, leaving great emptiness in the land. You mean they're not going to listen to me at all? Nope. Even, even when like bad stuff starts happening, like they're not going to come to their senses? Nope. Well, what do I do? Though it, and look at verse 13. Though a tenth will remain in the land, it will be burned again 
Like the terebinth or the oak that leaves a stump when felled, the holy seed is the stump. So this is how Isaiah's book starts. And things are, and, and chapters uh, 7 through 11 don't get much better. And then here we have chapter 12. Now, now at the end of chapter 11, uh, chapter 11 focuses on, on the reign of the Davidic king. We, we're going to look next week at Isaiah chapter 9, which is the promise of the Messiah. But it's passages like this that remind us what John Piper has told us. That, that as we next week move into Advent, we begin celebrating Christmas. John Piper has said that Christmas is an indictment before it's a blessing. Because Christmas reminds us that we were broken, sinful, dead in sins and transgressions, separated from Almighty God, and we needed a Messiah to come restore that relationship. So he, he delivers that message in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 11, we're, we're given some, some end times language, talking about the, the lion laying down with the lamb. And a, and a glimpse into the restoration. And, and then in chapter 12, where we are this morning, it's the song of praise responding to God for the blessings of his grace, even in the middle of the people's rebellion. And so this morning, we simply want to ask, how can we give thanks to the Lord for the blessings that he's given to us? And we're going to look at three things, three very simple ways right out of this passage we can praise God. We can give thanks to him for his blessings, listen to me, which are always undeserved on our part. Please, as the people of God, never take for granted the blessings that you have. Beginning with the very breath that's in your lungs, never take for granted the blessings that God has given to us. So, so the first blessing we're going to look at, the, the first way that we can give thanks to God for the blessings that he's given us is through prayer. Look with me at verses 1 and 2. It says, uh, he says, On that day you will say, I will give thanks to, the Lord, to you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you have comforted me. Indeed, God is my salvation. I will trust him and not be afraid. For the Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my song. See, he starts off here and he says, I'm going to give thanks to you, God, he cries out in prayer. In verse 1, he says, I'm, I'm going to give thanks to you, although you are angry with me. Your anger's turned away, and you've comforted me. Is that not the, the greatest blessing that we have as the people of God, that, that God's wrath, his anger has been turned away from us? So for the believer then, we, we pray and we thank God for the salvation which he has so graciously and so generously given to us. And we are to be people who are marked by prayer. In fact, as Paul was writing his first letter to the church at Thessalonica, he, he gives them this very simple command. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, which you probably know. Pray constantly. Pray constantly. Now, now this doesn't mean that you have to continually have your head bowed and your eyes closed, right? In fact, I would caution you against that uh, because you will walk into walls, or so I've been told. Uh, but, okay, if, you, if, you have, if that's your manner of, of thinking about praying constantly, uh, no, that's not what he's getting at here. What he's saying is we want to be in a constant state of being in conversation with God. Whether that's sitting at your desk at work or at school, 
Or for some of us, that means in an airplane or working on an airplane or, or in a medical office or, or in, um, in your car, at home, wherever. We can be people who are constantly in prayer, in conversation with God. You know, there's an added element to our prayers that, that I think we often overlook, and that is that, I don't know about you, but I, I recognize in myself that a lot of times my conversations with God tend to be one way, and, and that is with me mostly doing the talking. You ever had a friend like that uh, on, on the phone who you could never get a word in? And by the, if you don't know anybody like that, you're probably the person who's like that, okay? So, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here to... Here to Speak the truth to you in love, brothers and sisters. Okay, if, if you if you think to yourself, man, I don't know anybody like that, uh, it, it's it's because you're you're the person. Um, but a lot of times, I think our, our conversations with God are that way. Hey, God, how you doing? So nice to talk to you again. Uh, here's my list of of uh, either complaints about my life or or ways that I've figured out to fix the world. And if you'll just sign off on my plans, everything will go well. Uh, well, God, thanks for. Thanks for talking to me. We'll, we'll see you next time. Click. And I just feel like so often God would say, no, l- listen, my, my prayer life, my, my prayer life should consist far more in listening than in talking. So, so listen, this week amid all the family and all the turkey and the pumpkin pie and, and the cowboys and, and if you're a poor soul who's a Lions fan, God bless you. Between all that, take time this week to stop. To take stock of the blessings God has given you. To thank him in prayer for those blessings. To stop and be still and be quiet before Almighty God. And let him remind you of the blessings in your life that that maybe you don't even realize at the moment. Um, Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, the constant tenor and spirit of our lives should be adoring gratitude, love, reverence, and thanksgiving to the Most High. You know, I, I fear that the fact that we have to specify a day and name it Thanksgiving is also an indictment that shows that how little we consider that the rest of the year. May we be people who are constantly taking stock of the blessings that we have and praying and giving thanks to God. But just like our love for God cannot stop with us, as we've talked about in, in previous weeks, but, but instead our love for God has to flow out to others, so also this, this time of thanksgiving, this prayer of thanksgiving, it can't stop there. It must flow out to others as well. And that will lead us to the second thing that that Isaiah addresses here. And that is proclamation. Look with me at verses 3 and 4. He says, You will joyfully draw water from the springs of salvation. And on that day you will say, Give thanks to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make his works known among the peoples. Declare that his name is exalted. He starts off by praying to God and thanking him for the, for the blessings that he's been given. But then he says, on that day, you will also tell others, give thanks to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Verse 3, he reminds the people of the, one of the blessings they've been given. And that is that uh, you, will draw, you will joyfully draw water from the springs of salvation. 
So, so many of you this week may gather with some family members who are not believers. Maybe some have questions. Maybe some are even hostile to the gospel. But remember that Thanksgiving is a great time to remember why we as believers can be thankful. And when he talks about drawing from the water, of, of, from the springs of salvation, it reminded me of, of what Jesus said about that. Remember John seven thirty eight. Jesus says, The one who believes in me, as Scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. You know, I think this is a time of the year when, when people will begin to take a look at how they live their lives. And as we've already mentioned, on Friday, millions of people will spend billions of dollars to chase after wells that we know can't satisfy. Because that 80-inch TV will eventually either break or it will become too small or too old. The new cell phone will reach a point where it's no longer the newest, coolest model. We know that these wells run dry, that they're shallow. They can't deliver on what they're promised. And so in the middle of people asking these questions, let us take the opportunity to proclaim this well of living water. You know, in John 4, as Jesus is visiting with a woman at the well, he tells her this. He says, uh, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who was saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. And then in, down in verse 14, he says, whoever drinks from that water, from the water I give him, will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. So Isaiah is reminding the people, listen, we have this well that we can joyfully draw water from, this spring of salvation. If we're stranded in the desert and we found an oasis of life-giving water, would we keep it to ourselves or would we share it with those who are also stranded in the desert? That's why in verse 14 he says, uh, or excuse me, in verse 4 he says, On that day you will say, Give thanks to the Lord, proclaim his name, make his works known among the peoples, declare that his name is exalted this during this season of thanksgiving let us share the reason that we have to be thankful let us extend the same invitation that, that jesus extends near the end of the bible in revelation 22 it says both the spirit and the bride say come let anyone who hears say come let the one who is thirsty come let the one who desires take the water of life as a gift. And look, I'm, I'm not against Black Friday shopping. In fact, if you go, I hope you have a great time. I hope you score some cool deals. I hope you get some fun techie gadgets if that's what you're into. But, but understand, man, those things are never the point. May, may we be people who are inviting others to come and take the water of life as a gift. So as we give thanks to God, we should respond to the blessings that he's given us in prayer. We should respond in proclamation. And the last thing that we see here is that we should respond in praise. Verses 5 and 6. It says, Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. 
Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry out and sing, citizen of Zion, for the Holy One of Israel is among you in his greatness. This is why we sing when we gather together, as the church has done for the last 2,000 years. Scripture commands us to sing. And when we praise God's name, we we praise him, as verse 6 says, For the Holy One of Israel is among you in his greatness. We sing because he declares in verse 5, For he has done glorious things. So when we sing... We declare the the greatness and the mercies of Almighty God. We're, we're, We're not just singing back to God the things that he's done, although that is valid and God loves to hear his people proclaim the things that he's done, but we're also reminding ourselves what God has done for us. We're reminding ourselves that the Lamb is worthy as we sing this morning and that God alone deserves the glory in our lives. For the things he's done. Now remember that the children of Israel here are not in a good place. They are. The Lord's promised that they're in fact going to be. Their land is going to be destroyed. And their way of life as they know it is going to be. Dramatically altered because of their disobedience. Their circumstances are not ideal. And yet they can praise God in the middle of bad circumstances. So remember, even when maybe circumstances are not ideal, when your life has not gone according to the five-year plan or ten-year plan or five-year-old dream that you had for your life, whatever your circumstances, remember that God has been far more gracious to you. He's been far more gracious to me than we could ever deserve. And we do that by by simply reminding ourselves of the gospel, remembering what we once were, remembering what we deserve. And to do that, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Where Paul writes there and he says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you previously lived, according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. Look at verse 3. We too all previously lived among them. And our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath, as others were also. So these, these aren't fun verses, but these remind me apart from Christ. And I'm so glad he doesn't end Ephesians there, because that's, that's not a real inspiring thing, right? We were all by nature children of wrath. In Jesus' name, God, God's blessings upon you, Paul. Right? <laughs> I'm so glad. That it, <laughs> now he goes on, verse 4. Look, look here. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. Now listen, if this doesn't cause you to break out in praise to God, you need to, first of all, check whether or not you're still breathing. And then secondly, you've got to ask, "Have have I understood what this means? Have I come to know Christ Jesus? If we can just read this and not... Feel our heart singing out in praise to God for rescuing us from the power of sin in the grave. We talked about responding to God's blessings this morning and thanksgiving through prayer, through proclamation, through praise. 
Last thing I want to share is out of Psalm 46.10. Now, in, in some translations, this, this says, Be still and know that I am God. My, my translation, the Christian Standard Bible, says, Stop your fighting. Stop your fighting and know that I am God. And what a prayer for us. Just as we were talking earlier, be still. Stop your fighting. Shut your mouth. Know that I'm God. And look at this declaration here, this promise. I will be, be exalted among the nations and exalted on the earth. So as we respond with prayer, as we respond with proclaiming the good news, as we respond in prayer, we're joining in with countless others throughout the ages, countless others on the face of the planet who are doing the same thing as Christ is exalted among the nations, exalted in the earth, exalted at First Baptist Church, exalted in Alamogordo, exalted in our hearts and our homes. We have the opportunity to join the nations and to join the earth in praising him now. So let us be thankful for that. Let us let that truth overflow in prayers of thanksgiving. In proclaiming what he's done for us and in praise to almighty God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the wonderful opportunity that we have to gather And to converse with you in prayer. I pray that when we come in to to talk, we would be reminded of Psalm 4610. That we would stop our fighting. We would be still before you. And we would do far more listening to you than talking. That as we come to understand the, the blessings that you've given to us. And the richness of your blessing that's been made available to us through Christ Jesus, that we would not keep that to ourselves, we would proclaim it in words and in actions to those around us, whether that be gathered around a, a meal on Thursday or standing in a Walmart shopping line on Tuesday or even standing in a Black Friday line. We would be faithful to the task that you've called us to join in exalting your name among the nations, exalting your name in all the earth, declaring the glories of you who have saved us through Christ Jesus. And finally, we would be people who are constantly praising you for what you've done. Praising you through words, praising you through song praising you by the way we live our lives in faithful obedience to the the commands that you've given us. As we love you completely and love others compassionately, as we serve one another selflessly, and as we give of our time, our talents, and our treasures sacrificially. We stand in awe of who you are. And what you've done for us in Christ Jesus, stooping to our level, rescuing us, saving us when we could not save ourselves. 
ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. We are located at 1100 Michigan Avenue in Alamogordo, New Mexico. We meet on Sundays for small groups at 9 a.m. and worship at 1030. If you have more questions, please email office at fbcalamo.com or call 575-437-5510. Thank you for listening and may God bless you this week.